Hi, I'm Monica Woodhams, and this is the Influencer Girl Lifestyle Podcast. I'm an influencer consultant, and I'm interviewing entrepreneurs, influencers, and industry experts who are making an impact and influencing the world so that we can start to live a life that we are so totally obsessed with. Hey y'all, I'm here today with Scout Sobel. She's a podcaster and her podcast is Podcast by Scout. This is a podcast where she brings on different entrepreneurial women in the fields of wellness, spirituality, and mental health. I was recently featured on her podcast and it was such a cool episode, so I'll link it in the show notes because it was such a cool conversation to have with Scout and I'm so excited again to keep the conversation going. So welcome Scout. Hi, thank you for having me. Of course. So let's kick this off with a little this or that. So if you're ready for it, we can get started. Sounds good. Cool. So are you an early riser or a night owl? So I'm an early riser, except for some reason in the past four months, it's been hard for me to wake up, which is so uncharacteristic of me my whole life. So I don't know what is going on, (laughs) but I'm definitely not a night owl. Interesting. Do you feel like you've been kind of having to change like what time you wake up in the morning to adjust to that or what are you doing? Just going with the flow? Yeah, just going with the flow. It just started happening and I'm really not happy about it to be (laughs) honest because I used to wake up at like five or six every morning and now I'm like dragging myself out of bed. Um, So not too happy about that, but I'm such an early sleeper Mm -hmm. I like can't make it past nine. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh, I'm trying to train myself to become a morning person so it's hard man yeah (laughs) to train yourself but it's doable yes a tea or coffee coffee all the way i'm actually drinking some right now i love coffee yes what's your go-to just like black coffee lattes black coffee straight up nice i love it that was me for a long time i had to actually wean myself off coffee and take a break from it for like I think I did two years, almost three. Wow. I know. I know. I'll, I'll never take a break. <laughs> <laughs> and I just miss it. So it's such an experience. I it feel is. Like. It really is, especially in the morning when it's kind of quiet out. You just have those moments to yourself and your coffee. That's my favorite part of the day. Yes. I love that too. Podcasts or books? Uh, that's a kind of a trick question because <laughs> I have my own podcast. Mm-hmm. But I am a reader at heart, so I'm going to have to go with books. Love it. What book are you reading right now? Right now I'm reading Men Without Women by Haruki Murakami. He's my favorite author of all times other than Lydia Davis. Those two are like tied for first. Um, I've read, this is probably like my fifth or sixth book by him. And then I kind of alternate. I'll do one fiction and then I'll do a spiritual self-help book and then I'll go back to fiction and then I'll go back to spiritual self-help books. Oh, I love that. I like the balance. Yeah, I like it too. It's kind of, um, both are very beneficial to me. So I kind of alternate. Totally. Colorful wardrobe or a neutral wardrobe? Neutral. I hate color. (laughs) I'm so afraid of color. I don't even know what to do with color. My, my apartment is like all neutral, (laughs) Um, my wardrobe is all black pretty much. So color scares me. I'm the same way. Yesterday I actually posted on Snapchat because I was online shopping and I was like, you know what? It's summer. I'm going to try to find some things that are like bright and fun. And I looked at my cart by the end of just browsing and I was like, oh, there's only 
gray and white and, and navy. <laughs> yeah, that's the extent of it there. <laughs> totally. Mimosa or Bloody Mary? Mm, mimosa. Yeah. But I do love a good Bloody Mary every now and then. Yeah. I love a Bloody Mary because sometimes it makes me... Like, if I know I'm going to be somewhere where there might not be a lot of food, I know that a Bloody Mary is going to keep me more full than anything yeah, else. Yeah, that's so true. That's very true. And then the last one is takeout or cooking. Um, I mean, I'd prefer takeout, but I'm kind of on a cooking kick, not because I like cooking that much, but just because I'm trying to eat super healthy. And the best way to do that is to cook yourself. And mm-hmm. it's like the most financially safe way to do things like eating out can definitely rack a bill up. So right now I'm trying to make a conscious effort to cook as much as I can. Yeah. What is your favorite thing to cook right now? Uh, salmon and, and teriyaki Brussels sprouts. Oh, that sounds amazing. Yeah, it's super easy. Um, it's my kind of go-to right now. I love that. I love Brussels sprouts. Me too. I, I could have them as a side always. Same. I'm the same way. So let's dive into your journey and let's start with your podcast and what inspired you to create your podcast. Yeah, so my husband's a big podcast aficionado, so he's been listening to podcasts forever, and he kind of got me into the game. And the way I actually started recording, funny enough, is I lived next to this place called Specialty Produce here in San Diego, and they have a whole media division, and they opened a podcasting studio, and I became friends with all the girls that work there, so I was like, hey, is that available? Can I hop in there? And sure enough, they had one more spot available and it was kind of like totally meant to be and just fell into my lap and I kind of just took advantage of the opportunity. That's amazing. I love when things just feel so meant to be like that. I know, that's the best. Did you have a strategy and plan about what the podcast was going to be about and how you were going to get it out there? Or were you just like, you know what, I'm just going to start talking (laughs) and see what happens? Yeah, well, I had built a little bit of an Instagram following at that point. So I was like, well, my strategy will be to advertise it through my Instagram. But I knew pretty early on that I just wanted to interview women um, and I wanted there to be an entrepreneurial aspect to it. Um, But as it's evolved, it's kind of geared a little bit more towards wellness, spirituality, health, mental health. Um, So I've kind of niched it down a little bit as um, it's gone on. What do you what is your stance when it comes to niching down? Do you feel like it's necessary in the entrepreneurial space or it's okay to kind of touch on a little bit about everything? I think that it just depends on what you're doing. I think niching down is a great way to keep yourself focused and to find the demographic that you need quicker. Um so I personally, when I first started all of this, wasn't niching down, but I was like such a buzzword. Everyone's like, you have to niche down, you have to niche Mm -hmm. down. And I'm happy that I finally found what that looks like. Mm -hmm. And I'm kind of running with it that way. Yeah. What have you seen be like the impact that you're really making by talking about mental health on your podcast? Yeah. I mean, I've had a lot of women reach out to me saying they've gone through similar mental illness experiences. Um, I've had women come up to me and say that they listen to every single episode and it helps them stay grounded. So I think that I'm kind of creating a dialogue around mental health. I I hosted a mental health panel um, a few weeks ago, which was awesome. 
Um, so I think I'm just getting that conversation out there. Yeah, that's really cool and really important because the more that the conversation is had, just the more empowered we're all going to be. Exactly. So when it comes for you personally, when you decided to share with your audience that you were diagnosed with bipolar disorder on your podcast, what was the process like for you leading up to that? Did you know that you absolutely had to share this? Um, yeah. Yeah. And was there any fear that came up around sharing it? Yeah. Well, you know, I kept talking about mental health and it kind of became a point of like, who's going to listen to me talk about mental health if they don't know my history? Like how credible am I to these people if they don't know where I'm coming from? And when you're on your podcast, it's a pretty public platform. So you're sharing a lot about your life. So it kind of felt like I was sharing everything except the monster in the room, which was my big why as to why I was even doing all this in the first place. So it got into my head that I should tell my story. I didn't know when the right time was or wasn't, but um, kind of one week I was like, I have to get it out. I know I'm going to eventually. I can't sit on it any longer. So I recorded the episode. I did nothing to prepare for the episode. I just spoke from my heart um, from the beginning of my journey to present day. And we didn't publish it immediately. Usually after I record a podcast, it's published within a few days. Um, I sat on it for two weeks and sitting on it made me anxious because mm-hmm. I just felt like I had to do it eventually. So I made the decision just to go ahead and post it. And I was super scared. I mean, most of my friends and all of my family know I'm bipolar, but very few know the intimate details. Um, so to share, literally I held nothing back to, to share those kind of gritty details. Um, it was very freeing. Uh, it was definitely scary, but I received an outpouring of messages um, in support. So that really made me feel good. And um, I definitely know it was the right decision because now I just feel more free in my daily life because everybody knows that <laughs> I'm super bipolar. So I don't feel like I have anything to hide, which is where the mental health stigma comes into play. Right. So I feel like I've almost freed myself. Yeah, I love that. I think it's a really cool way to put it because when we hide parts of ourselves, then it's kind of hard to be the rest of ourselves. Exactly. And that's exactly how I felt. So I knew I had to get it out there as soon as possible. That's really awesome. So after you put it out there, you had just an outpour of support around it. And then ever since it just, would you say like you just have a deeper connection even with your audience? Yeah, and I feel like I can share things. Like yesterday I went to cupping and I was feeling super anxious, and so I put on my story that I was having an off day. Um, I feel like I can share more mental health tools that I've come across as you know the months go by. I just shared a new tool on my latest podcast. So it, it kind of feels like I the dialogue is open, the door is open, and I can be transparent with everybody. Absolutely. What advice do you have for someone who – there is a part of their story that they know it's they know it needs to be shared. They want it to be shared, but like you kind of said, like you didn't know when the right time for that is. So what is your advice for them on really deciding when to just put it out there? I would say just do it because you're always going to be afraid. Um, time won't heal that. That's something that will happen no matter what, especially when you're sharing something raw and vulnerable. So if, if it's something that you feel like is right for you, some people are more private and would prefer not to do that. But if it, you feel like 
sharing your story is for you, I would just go for it. I love that. And you're right about the time. Like it's, it's always going to be scary. There's always going to be something scary that you have to do. Fear is always going to creep in. And if it's meant to be shared, you're right. Like just share it. Yeah. Putting it off isn't going to do anything. Exactly. Exactly. If anything, it's going to make it more stressful. Exactly. Because you're just ruminating and sitting on it. Totally. So do you feel like you have to be careful about how you address mental health um, on your podcast or your platform, or you just come at it from a space of this is my experience? Yeah, I come at it from a space of this is my experience. Um, I don't really hold back anything. Um, Everyone has their own experience and their own views on mental health, but these are, I guess, my opinions and my experiences and my views. Uh, So I definitely don't hold anything back. I love that. I think that's so important. And the beauty of podcasting, because your podcast is something that is your creation on your own terms. So you get to, you get to do that. Yeah, exactly. Which is really powerful. And when it comes to, you know, the conversations that you have with other guests on your podcast, what have been some really cool conversations that you've been able to have around mental health on your podcast? Well, um, some of the kind of standout ones for me is I had an energy healer on, a Reiki healer, and talking about that healing modality was super powerful. I've had spiritual nutritionists on to talk about the spiritual side of eating, which I think is also super fascinating. Um, I've had people who run spiritual wellness centers on. Uh, Let's see, who else have I had on? Um, But even if that person isn't in this space – of mental health specifically, as you saw when we recorded our Mm -hmm. episode, I always ask what mental health means to them because mental health is not, um, what's the word? Mental health isn't exclusive to the mentally ill. Mental health is something that we all work on. So I like to tie it in no matter who my guest is. I love that. And I thought that that was a really cool question when you asked me that. And it made me want to ask you, turn the tables and ask you what mental health means to you. Yeah, ooh, you would think I would have an answer for this, but I I, I really don't, but let me give it a go. Um, Mental health for me means the daily upkeep of my mind, so it's prevention is key, so making sure I'm doing all my things right every day from getting enough sleep to eating healthy to meditating to praying um, to what else do I do using my essential oils like all those things I do on a daily basis so for me mental health is upkeep Mm -hmm. for the most part um it's also the thing that kills a lot of my life um so I have a little bit of a a negative relationship with my mental health you know at times Mm -hmm. depending on where I'm at um so it's the destroyer and the creator of my life I would say oh wow And when it comes to, you know, the upkeep piece of that, is that something that you do in the morning, the evening, or a little bit throughout your day? A little bit throughout the day. I mean, eating and sleeping right are a no-brainer for Mm me. Um, I pray and meditate in the morning and practice manifestation, which has been really, really helpful and game-changing for me. Um, And then also just catching my thoughts throughout the day. Like, if my thoughts turn negative, I kind of swap them out for a more balanced way of thinking. So if I'm catastrophizing, I'll catch myself and 
try to plant a new narrative into my head. So there's a lot of upkeep when it comes to my thoughts. Yes. And speaking of thoughts and then putting that together with the meditation piece, you know, I think by now a lot of people know, okay, meditation could be really good for me. But what about when you're like, you sit yourself down and then you're like, am I even doing this right? So what is your advice on stepping into meditation and turning that into a daily practice? Yeah, so I had that same experience. For a year, I tried meditating, and I was like, I'm not doing this right. And I know that they say there's no wrong way to meditate, but I have found the wrong way to meditate. (laughs) So it took me a really long time to find a practice that works for me. Um, Just know that your meditation practice does not mean sitting up straight with your palms up to the sky and just sitting there forever. I need to incorporate movement into my meditation Mm -hmm. practice, so I alternate between downward facing dog and child's pose. And when in doubt or when things aren't settling right, I just focus on my breath. I do really deep inhales and exhales through my nose. Oh, I love um, that. Yeah. So there, I, it's hard to start and it's hard to kind of have that aha moment of like, wow, I'm reaping the benefits of meditation. But just play around like it, it's not it's not a one size fits all scenario so maybe you need movement maybe you need deeper breathing maybe you need music maybe you need guided meditations um mm-hmm. all of those are great ways to meditate so i would just experiment um and kind of find what works best for you totally i i can totally relate to that because that first when i first started meditating I, again, I was like, is this right? Is this wrong? I don't know. And then I started to go to meditation classes, so like group classes. And for about a year, that's what worked really well. And because I felt like I was kind of just, first there's like that community aspect to it, which felt Mm -hmm. really cool because I worked from home. And then, you know, I started to be like, okay, this is my own experience and now that I know how to do it in a group setting, now I can do it at home by myself on my own. So yeah, I, I think you're right. It's just playing around with all the different ways that you could do it. Or go to yoga. Like yeah. yoga is a great introductory to meditation. Totally. I love yoga. Yeah, me too. I think I'm going to go tonight. Yeah. Oh, now I feel like... I should probably go you too. You should go. We, we can go at the same time and <laughs> yes. be in yoga classes together. Let's do it. I love that. <laughs> accountability. That's another thing. Like accountability is really huge. Yeah, really huge. So what are some other things that are in your mental health toolbox? Uh, gratitude is my favorite tool in the entire world. Um, if I'm feeling anxious or depressed, I'll list three to five things that I'm grateful for and really feel that gratitude. And my entire aura will change. Like my entire energy will turn around because with gratitude, you can't be in a loved based state and a fear based state at the same time. And gratitude immediately places you into that loved based state. So even if you're not having a bad day, expressing gratitude will definitely elevate you. I love that. My, another tool that I use is before I go to bed, I use the five minutes before I fall asleep very wisely. Uh, Wayne Dyer, who's the author of the book Wishes Fulfilled, says that the time before you go to bed is key for your subconscious. So what are you feeding your subconscious? If you're going through your to-do list or everything that went wrong today or all of your anxieties – that's being funneled into your subconscious. So while you're sleeping, those are the things that are rooted in your dreams. And then you wake up in that state. So 
before I go to bed, I say a bunch of what uh, Wayne Dyer says is called I am statements. So I'll go over my head. I'll say, I am fulfilled. I am content. I am joy. I am love. I am happy. And I'll just go on and on and on with positive, like almost affirmations. Um, And I swear I wake up in a more joyful state when I do that than when I don't. That's really cool. I remember you talking about that on the, on your podcast. And I was just like, oh my gosh, that makes so much sense. It makes so much sense. It's like a light bulb. Yeah. And so easy. I love when, you know, a lot of what we can do can be so easy. Yeah. It's so simple. Just these little daily practices, they add up and they affect change. Absolutely. What are some of the really cool experiences that you've had since incorporating manifesting into your life? Yeah. um, I mean, one, I'm just overall happier. Yeah. I feel actually fulfilled. I feel actually content. Um, I feel joy a lot more than um, I used to. So in that way, that's been manifested. Um, I'm manifesting a successful career, which I've stumbled into, which was amazing. Um, so I just started manifesting like a month ago. Okay. Um, but I can definitely say my overall mood is vastly improved. Would you say, and I'm just also starting to really understand manifesting, but would you say that the reason why that is could be because when we bring things into our life that are in alignment with us, they're going to be truly fulfilling to us instead of just like grasping at just anything. Yeah. Yeah. I think that when you're saying positive things to yourself and not saying like, I will be successful, just saying I am successful, that kind of rewires your brain to start thinking like that. Therefore, Mm -hmm. you do things that support that statement. Right. Yeah. So cool. It's a fun thing to explore. It's amazing. I mean, I used to think manifestation was like a bunch of. (laughs) Can I can I cuss on here? Yeah. Okay. Go for it. A bunch of a bunch of bullshit. Um, But I am such a believer now. Yeah. It's it's really. I mean, it's easy to. I think it's our brains almost don't want to believe it in a way. Yeah. And it's the rational parts of our brain and it's our ego that's keeping us in a fear-based state. So if you can break through that and enter into more of your spiritual realm of self, um, the, the perks are totally endless. And it just like kind of just liberates. It's really liberating knowing that like you can create a life that feels really good. Yeah, exactly. And that you have control over that. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So speaking of, you know, control even and like feeling like you're where you want to be or even just feeling grounded in general, what do you do in order to feel grounded or stable or secure on a day-to-day basis? Uh, That's an excellent question. I would say prayer is what keeps me grounded. It keeps me in line with myself. It keeps me centered. It keeps me focused. Um, And it also keeps me feeling joy throughout my day. So prayer has become a huge, huge, huge tool for me. Love that. One thing that's coming up for me right now when you say feeling joy, something that happened to me this week actually was I was in the shower and I was just like, I don't know, like 
it I was feeling truly happy and then I just started laughing and then you know like when in the Grinch how it's like and then there and then his heart grew three times the size I felt like I was feeling that and I felt like I had never felt that before and because in the past I think I numbed a lot of feeling in order to not feel anxious but then would you do you think that when we numb the maybe the negative we also numb the positive? Yeah, I I think so. I mean, I'm not such a number. That's my problem is like I feel everything <laughs> way way too strongly. Uh-huh. Um but sometimes when we numb, we are definitely creating blocks. Mm-hmm. And those blocks will definitely seep into the positive areas of our life. Totally. And then when it comes to the feeling and like really allowing yourself to feel how do you on a day-to-day basis you know tap into your emotions and your feelings and giving yourself the permission to do that instead of fearing of what it what's gonna happen if you do let yourself feel yeah that's a huge struggle I have on a day-to-day basis I have this one tool sorry I'm just full of tools I love it I love it they're (laughs) they're my favorite or they're so necessary for me but I have this tool. It's called going to tea with the dragon. So you schedule, let's say you're feeling depressed. You're like, okay, I'll schedule a meeting with depression. I'm going to to tea with the dragon for 30 minutes. And then when that 30 minute appointment um, is up, then I have to say goodbye. Because just like we do in real life, we have coffee Mm -hmm. dates for an hour, then you got to go. So sometimes if the feelings are so overpowering and overwhelming, I'll just say, you know what? I'm just going to go to tea with the dragon for 10 minutes, feel what I'm feeling, and then move on. Oh my gosh. I love that. It's harder. It's harder. What's what's the phrase? It's harder said than done. Yeah. yeah. E- easier said than <laughs> done. Easier said yeah. than done. But um, right. it's a helpful tool. And I think it kind of teaches you boundaries within yourself in a way. Oh, for sure. Definitely. And when we can have boundaries with ourselves, I feel like that's then when we have boundaries with other people. Yes. Amen. I love that. Have boundaries in either relationships or just even with like strangers or someone in your business, has that been a part of your mental health journey? Yeah, because I'm what's called an empath. So I take on other people's shit. So mm-hmm. if I'm in a room and someone else is anxious, I get anxious. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've been working on bringing my aura in to about six inches to 12 inches away from my body, creating sort of an energy field, understanding what's my energy and what's your energy and creating that energetic field of a boundary, mm-hmm. which helps me not just take in whatever is in front of me. That's really that's really cool. Really interesting. Ever since I was little, I couldn't go to concerts or big crowds. Sometimes I can't even like grocery shopping is too much energy. Yeah. So that's a really, that's really cool. And is that something that you've learned through like Reiki healing or where is that uh, something that you've learned? Yeah. I, I have an energy healer. She's, she doesn't do Reiki, but she's just a general energy healer. Um, and she taught me that practice. That's really cool. What are some other alternative healing modalities that you're into? Oh, I am obsessed with cupping. <laughs> Don't get me started. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm obsessed with cupping. That's like 
my main healing modality right now. Like if I could get cupping once a week, I would 100%. It's so powerful. Um, other than cupping, uh, well, obviously there's Reiki. I do that too. Mm-hmm. I do cupping. Um, I use essential oils, which is really helpful. Um, but yeah, I would say cupping is my main one right now. What is cupping for anyone who hasn't tried cupping yet? I know it got really big a few years ago with the Olympics, but, um, why do you go to cupping or like what has it helped you with? Yeah. So cupping, which is, I'm probably not going to give the exactly correct description of it, but cupping is where they take these little glass cups and they heat them up and put them on your back and it creates a suction effect and blood draws up towards the skin creating, they're not bruises technically, but they look like circular circle bruises all over your back. Um, they put like 10 cups on maybe more. Mm -hmm. Um, and what it does is it flushes out all the toxins. So it's just basically a detoxifying practice. Um, it also helps with pain management. I had a lot of lower back pain. I went to cupping once and I'm like, Oh great. I can sleep on my stomach again. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. Um, so it has a lot of other effects, but I use it to really detoxify my body and I leave feeling high, literally. (laughs) I love that. I did cupping for, because I wasn't sleeping. Oh, interesting. Yeah. And it helped a lot with that. I did a combination of acupuncture and cupping in the sessions and it helped a lot. And honestly, I feel like we're having this conversation very specifically for a reason right now, because I haven't slept in the past week. Oh, and now I'm like, cupping. I know, and I literally it didn't cross my mind until literally just now. See, look at that synchronicity. Love it, I love it. So on the days that you know it is harder to move through the day, those really harder days, what is it that you do in order to keep moving forward? Yeah, um, I reach out first of all. I'll tell my husband or my dad or a friend that I'm not feeling well, just so that it's out there and I've said it and I've accepted it. Mm-hmm. Um, movement is key, so getting out of the house, doing things, scheduling things, going to meet a friend, going to the gym, um, sitting at home is not good when I'm having a rough day. So I, um, you know, I have a really supportive family, they're always willing to meet me at any point um, just to get me out of the house. So I would say distraction is super key on those hard days Mm -hmm. and doing all the things that you don't want to do, like brushing your teeth, getting ready, um, taking care of yourself. uh, Those little things kind of add up and push you through that dark time. That's that's awesome. And do you think it took a while to find that awareness of like, these are my go-to things? Oh my God, it took me forever. I was a fucking wreck for years. I had to drop out of college. I quit every job I ever started. I quit internships. I quit school like three times. I couldn't function. I was headed nowhere real fast. Um, And it took me, it wasn't until I met my husband, he kind of showed me um, how to get better. He showed me how to be strong he um, kind of gave me tools because he's a recovering addict. So he had all of these tools of recovery in his, his toolbox, and he kind of passed them along to me and gave me the inspiration to start getting my shit together, essentially. Oh. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I was a total mess for a long time. That's a, that's really cool. Was it a conscious decision then, would you say, to be like, okay, I'm going to start creating this toolbox to help me on a 
daily basis? It was a, a total conscious decision. I remember having a conversation um, with my husband, then boyfriend, and I realized that if I couldn't help myself, I could lose him. And I had lost my college experience. I had lost jobs. I had lost internships. I was like, I had lost friendships. I was like, how much can I lose before I realize that I need to make a change? And so he has been one of my main factors as to why I fight as hard as I do when I need to. Mm -hmm. um, Because I never want to lose that or I never want him to suffer because of me. So he's been a constant source of strength for me. That's really cool. I love that. So in order to kind of pull this all together, what is your main why for you sharing your voice publicly, whether that's through your podcast or through Instagram? What's your big why? What is that legacy that you want to leave on this world? I want to open the door to the conversation of mental health. I don't want, I want to destigmatize the stigma and I want to reach other women who are experiencing the same thing in any sort of range, whether it just be they have a little dose of anxiety or they have a formal diagnosis and they're full on in it. Um, I aim to empower, educate, and connect with other women um, surrounding mental health. That's awesome. And so what's coming up for you next on this journey, whether it's through the podcast or even just getting your voice out there, what's coming up in 2018? Yeah, so I don't know if it'll be ready in 2018, but I'm working on a book of short stories. Um, I actually finished my first draft. Uh, I have a little bit more to write, but it's pretty much done. Um, It's just a matter of getting it to that second draft stage, which I'm totally not looking forward to. But um, yeah, so a book is uh, my future goal. That's so cool. Is that something you've always wanted to do? Yeah, I've been a writer since kindergarten. I I started my first diary in kindergarten. I wrote poetry in um, middle school. I had a diary or a journal, as I call them, per year all the way through high school and college. Um, So I've been writing poetry and short stories for most of my life. So my first uh, identifier or label um, was writer as I was growing up. That's so cool. Yeah. So you're just a communicator. Yeah. Oh, I love that. I'm gonna yeah. use I'm gonna use that. <laughs> you should. It's true. Whether I mean that's what I I love seeing like, you know, tying together what someone's done their whole life and like being like, and that's what you're doing and you're yeah. still doing it. You're communicating. Yeah. You're com- that's so cool. So I like to wrap up these episodes with two lifestyle questions. Okay. And the first one is, what was your morning routine today? My morning routine today is I woke up, I drank my coffee, and I always have like a little moment to myself while I drink my coffee while I wait for it to heat up. Um, I sit on my couch, I drink my coffee, and then um, I do some meditation, prayer, and manifesting, manifesting, manifest, (laughs) oh, did I say that right? Manifest. Manifesting. Manifesting. Sorry. Is that what you, yeah, that's no. what I was looking for. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Manifesting. Gosh, I butchered that one. Um, and then I start work. Amazing. And then what is your favorite lifestyle hack, tip, or trick when it comes to wellness? 
Um, get enough sleep for sure. Sleep is like <laughs> that's. Oh, but you want like a like a. No, 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 no. I'm laughing because I literally told you I haven't slept in a week. I know. Yeah, you need to sleep. Look at that. Me reiterating. It. I know. I know. That's the perfect. But I, mean, I have I have another beauty hack if you want. Yeah, I want a beauty hack too. I put two drops of lavender in my nightly moisturizer to help reduce scarring. No way. So if you're breaking out, you sh- I do it every night. But so oh. it's like so that your pimples can heal and your skin can be better. I put some lavender in my nightly moisturizer. Um, that's so cool. It really helped, actually. Do you know what it is about the lavender, or you just know it works? No, I, I know nothing about why. I just know it works. <laughs> That's amazing. That's I'll a read really up on one. it and get back to you. <laughs> That's a really good one, and a reminder of like just how multifaceted essential oils are. Oh, totally. I think sometimes it's like, oh, well, I can diffuse it, and that's about it. But there's so much you can do with them. Yeah, I prefer topically, so I, like, put them all over my body. I love that. Is lavender your favorite? Uh, I think frankincense is my favorite. Oh. It helps with depression. Oh. That's really interesting. Yeah. I actually gave my brother for christmas frankincense essential oil i was and i can't even remember i just remember reading the description i was like this seems like something that he would like yeah that's awesome and he loves it that's awesome yeah i love frankincense might not might need to get one of my own yes you do (laughs) all right well scout where can everyone find you the best way to find me is through my instagram at by.scout that's by dot s-c-o-u-t um, there you can find links to my podcast and I post upcoming or updating stuff, whatever on my Instagram. So, and you can also get my email off there too, if you guys want to connect and chat more about mental health. So yeah, just follow me on Instagram and you'll get all the good stuff. Amazing. And I'll link that in the show notes. I'll also link your podcast in the show notes. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah, of course. Well, thank you so much, Scout, for joining today. Thank you so much for having me. This was awesome. Yay. All right. I'll talk to you soon. Sounds good. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Influencer Girl Lifestyle Podcast. Loved this episode? Head over to iTunes to subscribe, rate, and review. For show notes and free tips and trainings, head over to monicawoodhams.com slash podcast. You'll be able to learn more about this week's guest and how to connect with her as well. Talk soon, y'all.